Bible says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Father, we thank you for the faith we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the trust that you've invested in us by sending your own son as a substitutionary sacrificial offering to bring glory to yourself. Thank you, Father, for that. The Bible says, for the wrath of God is being revealed against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth in their wickedness since what may be known about God is plain to them because he has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen and being understood for what has been made so that men are without excuse. Father, we have no excuse when we stand in your presence. There's no excuse, Father, to say what we do not know. We have your written word. We have the, the word of God. Thy word, if we hit in our heart that we may not sin against God, your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our pathway. Father, we have the written word. We have the living word, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we have no excuse to say to you what we do not know. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal men, birds, animals, and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their heart to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Father, help us not to serve anything else other than you. Help us not, Father, to, to, to serve the, the things of mammon, the materialism, the things of this world. Help us not to, to, to serve our homes, our houses, our jobs. Father, help us to put you first in everything we do to bring glory and honor to your name. Father, you told us in your word to seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things will be added unto us. Help us to seek you first in all that we do. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful us. Even uh, their women exchanged natural relations with our natural ones. In the same way, men abandoned natural relations for women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with one another and received in themselves the due penalty of their perversion. Father, what a perverted world we live in today. Father, we have, we have literally, Father, in the house of God, we now have churches that engage in marrying men to men, women to women, an abomination in the eyes of God. Father, we have literally kicked the Spirit of God out of the house of God, Father. But tonight, we say to you, Lord, this is your house. This is the house of the living God. We declare the blood of Jesus to fill this house. Hallelujah. That you will speak to our hearts and transform our hearts and help us to be the people that God has called us to be. 
Furthermore, they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. He gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossip, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but approve of those who practice them. Father, tonight, in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is our endeavor tonight, Lord, is to practice righteousness. Not that we are perfect by any means. Only your son, the Lord Jesus, is perfect. But Father, we are seeking to be more and more like you. Father, we want to agree with you and say yes to everything in our life that we will humbly bow before the throne of grace and mercy and be the people that God has called us to be. Father, thank you tonight. Thank you for what you have already done if you choose not to do anything else. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you thanksgiving. For who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Father, we are so thankful for what thou hast done in and through our lives. In Jesus' name. And every heart said amen. Amen a second time. Amen just one more time. One for the Father. One for his son, and one for his precious Holy Spirit. Praise God. Do I have the little doohickey? I thought I did. Oh, here it is right here. Good. Welcome again, beloved. We're going to be um, walking through this small piece of material here. Uh, as you might notice, if you will, it is focused on Just Say Yes, 40 Days of Yes, our Spiritual Renewal Week. And um, Jason blessed me today when we had said from the 4th till the 7th, but it's the 4th to the 8th, Pastor, it should go to Thursday night as opposed to Wednesday night. And that was placed on Facebook, so Jason confessed this wonderful understanding of that, that responsibility so we'll make that um, adjustment for the Thursday night as well. Uh, if you might, beloved, um, if you can look and just turn to the next page, you'll see that each area has blank pages in it, or blank spaces in it, and we're going to fill those out a part of our study together. But before we dive into our study, we're going to divide the church to unite the church, okay? And we'll begin with Jamie, and we'll go, let's see, we'll go to seven. So you're one, two, three, four. Pastor, you're five. Our first lady, you're six, seven, one, two, four, five, 
six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I knew you were a perfect man with the perfect number. I just, when we met, I knew that, okay? All right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. My angels, I'm a grandparent. One, two, <clears throat> three, four, five, six, seven. Okay? And then one and two. Okay? All right. We're going to divide the church to unite the church. I know you came in sitting next to your friends, but that's going to change in a few minutes, okay? Are you ready for it? The ones will sit here in this area here. All the ones stand up. All the ones stand. All the ones are coming here, okay? All right. The twos will go about right here. The twos right here. The twos here, right here. The twos are here, okay? The threes will be right back here. The threes will be here. The threes will be here, okay? All right, real quietly, no talking, no talking, real quietly. Very good, no talking, okay? The fours would be here, the fours are here, okay? The fours are here. The fives are right here, the fives are here. About right here where Maurice is, about here, the fives. No talking, no talking, no talking, no talking, no talking. The sixes are right here, and the sevens are back here. Okay. Mm -hmm. The sixes are right back in this area here, and the sevens are back here. Okay, you can do that. Yes, sir, you can do that. Okay, let's enunciate that one more time, and we're going to just point to you all. You all are number, 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 and number. Number seven, back here. What I'd like you to do, and not be in a straight line, get in a way where you can see each other. So come over here and get in this area sort of in a way that you can slide all the way over here and get behind here. for, Because I want you all to look and talk to each other, okay? No talking, no talking, no talking. I want you to slip back around here and get in. There you go, very good. I want you all to slide tighter together. Make sure you got your right guard on your left tackle and so forth. Amen, your extra cologne, perfume, whatever, and all that kind of good stuff like that. All right, okay, very good. All right, now in your group, i like for you to acknowledge and to individually, just take your finger like this. Everybody take your finger like this, everybody. Now what we're going to do, in your group, there'll be two categories, of, two types of persons. One will be your leader. This will be the person that will speak for your group. Okay? Now, in some groups, you have a, a person that's named our pastor. That's our pastor. Now, we do not want our pastor to be working tonight. Somebody said amen. Because pastor preaches like he lose, literally loses his mind every Sunday morning. I, I think we get resaved every Sunday morning. Amen? If we were that way. Okay. So you can't give that leadership to, to our pastor. Just want to let you know that. So take your finger up here. 
And when I count to three, point to the person who would be the leader in your group. Ready, set, go, point. All right. All right, very good. Now, the leader of each group, would you please stand quickly, quickly. Every leader stand of your group. Stand quickly. Quickly, all right, very good. You're the leader. You ought to tell them what to do. All the leaders, the leaders in the group, you stand. You've got the leader. Who's the leader? Who's the leader in the group? Darlene, Dan, Darlene, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, you may be seated. Now, the second person in your group would be your recorder. There'll be some things we'll do together in our group dynamics and so forth and et cetera. And I want you to remember the group that you're in. So when you come back, we will assign individuals, persons to your group, one through seven, when they come in through, throughout the week and et cetera. Now, this individual here will be your recorder. This must be a very trustworthy person, okay? They must be a good tither. They must really be nice to our pastor at appreciation time. They must honor our first lady. You see, in African-American church, we never call our wife, my wife was never Cassandra, it was first lady. That made me first man. So our first lady. Somebody said first lady. I'm going to teach you all some African-American ways. Yes, yes, yes. Blackenize the whole congregation. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So you want to get someone who's really capable of keeping the notes and all the kind of stuff like that that the leader can work with. So what, take the finger up again, right here. Hold your finger up. And when I count to three, point to the person. One, two, three, point. <laughs> all right. Okay. Very good. Y'all have done some pointing. All the recorders pop up like popcorn right now. Recorder, pop up. Recorder, very good. Stay, stay popped up. Recorders, recorders. All right, recorders. All right, let's give the recorders a hand, everybody. Let's give them a hand. All right, praise the Lord. Y'all got the recorder yet? Y'all have not decided? All right, okay. We'll just point again at them. Who, who, who got the most points then? Who was it? Stand, recorder. Where are they? Thank you. You know, you know, Pastor, we should, we should have our membership roster with us. So every visitor, say I'm a visitor, they become an immediate member. So you are now in a designated potential member of Cornerstone. Amen? Amen, Amen everybody? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So you are a recorder. Amen. We, 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 we share love in many different ways, many different ways, many different ways, many different ways. All right. Now. What I'd like us to do is to take judicious notes. We try to put something together so you can fill in the blanks for the things to which we'll be talking about. And uh, we just walk through what God has given to us to help us at the right time to know how to be in agreement with God. The ultimate objective of our endeavor tonight and throughout this week, going from tonight to Thursday night, is to be in agreement with God. To agree with him in every part of our life that Christ may truly not just be Jesus who is our Savior, but that Christ would be the Lord of our life. Jot this down. Christ, Savior, Lord, Master. Christ, Savior, Lord, 
master, Christ, Savior, Lord, master. You see, beloved, the difference between Christ being the Savior of our life, he's the one who brought us into the light of the Lamb of God. He, he literally saved us. We, we were sinners on our way to hell. We were on our way to destruction and death. And because of his death on the cross, the life that he lived, and his resurrection on that third day, on that resurrection Sunday morning, when we received him, we received Jesus Christ. He came into our life. He saved us and changed us. We're saved. He is the Savior of our life. And there's a distinctive difference between how we live out our, our walk with God when he is the Savior of our lives. There are things that he has done in us and changed within us that we're no longer damned for hell, but we've been delivered from hell's pit to heaven's gate. We're now in the presence of God. This is the area in discipleship where we miss the mark of God. We miss the mark of God in failing to understand that there is a unique difference between Jesus being the Savior of our life and Jesus being the Lord of our life, okay? So Lord is master. Now, what does that mean? That means he controls our life. He directs our life. He doesn't dictate our life. He doesn't make us do what he wants us to do. He gives us the right of free will to do as we please, but he desires that we operate in the perfect will of God and not in the permissive will of God. He wants us to operate at a level when we hear his voice, we do exactly what the Lord has told us to do. So he has saved us, but yet he wants to be the Lord, the master. He wants to be the one who, who guides and directs us and brings us to places we have never been before in our life. He wants to be the one that can help us to understand that he created us for a purpose and an intent, and he wants to use every ounce of us for the glory and honor of himself. And when we have a church or an individual that can get over ourselves, and stop thinking we're all in a bag of chips. That God needs us, we don't need him. When we can do that, and the lordship of Jesus Christ rests in this place, there are things that God would do without even having have to tell us to do it. Because he's the lord of our life. Look at the person next to you. And just look him straight smack in the eye. Look him in the eye. Look him in the eye. Look him in. You can look left and right. You can tell him both ways, left and right. And say, you know what you need to do? Just tell him, you know what you need to do? You need to get over yourself. So if somebody say, just say yes. Somebody say yes. All right. The, the new journey to wholeness and holiness, just say yes. 40 days of yes. When pastor asked me to come here and the congregation receive me being here, one of the things he said to me, he said, 
I would like for you to use whatever God has given to you to share with our congregation. Let me tell you something. There's not many pastors, and I'm not brown-nosing. My nose is already brown, okay? The only person I told pastor, I don't brown-nose pastor. I don't brown-nose our first lady. Ain't but one person on this planet I brown-nose, and her name is Cassandra. I would brown-nose her all the time. I mean, I'll turn my nose purple-brown for Cassandra, I'm telling you. I am not stupid. I've been married 40 years, okay? But the thing he shared with me that you don't hear in Christology the liberality to do what the Holy Spirit of God would have you to do. The freedom to serve under his lead, to serve under his leadership, to serve under his leadership, and have the freedom to do what God would have me to do. I cannot tell you the great delight and joy it is to serve our pastor. And it ought to be a delight for every one of us. Because where there is one head, there's a body. You don't have five heads. That's a monster. So it is a blessing to be able to use the gifts that God has given my life to serve him. So we want to be and agree with God that we know how to be obedient to the leadership of the Holy Spirit and the leadership to which God places in the church to operate in such a way that we bring glory to God. And we ought to say yes to that. Just say yes, your new journey, principles, and practices of prayer. The foundation of every Christian life falls in the realm of our relationship with God as we learn how to practice spiritual disciplines. One of the things I've learned in Christianity is that whatever you practice, that is what you become. You practice certain disciplines when it comes to God and you want to perfect those practices, and they become a natural tendency in your life. You see, beloved, we ought to practice righteousness as opposed to practicing unrighteousness, okay? We ought to practice holiness, knowing that we are not perfect, okay? So we want to practice being obedient to God. There are some principles and practices that helps us to be the body of Christ. And this is the rule book. This is the rule book. There's only one book and I've seen this book in every class I've gone in, in in our church. And beloved, let me tell you something. I've gone to some churches and people can't even find a Bible. And they don't even bring their Bibles to church. Not even the iPhone, iPads, our ears, our nose, and our throats. They don't even do that. But this is the only book. This is the book to which we operate from here, beloved, in this work that God has called Cornerstone of Baptist Church. So we want to practice, practice, and learn how to do it more effectively and become so judicious in our practice that we can perfect what we're practicing, that it becomes a natural tendency to be obedient. It becomes a natural tendency to wake up on Sunday morning and know, whoa, it is the Lord's day without anyone saying, you need to go to church. We, we need to, to be practiced in such a way that, that we understand that we are spending time with God 
every day. And it is my prayer as each of us go through the new journey on 40 Days of Yes that we will practice it so well that it becomes a habitual habit of our lives that this will become something that we just are not doing just because someone asked us to do it, but we're doing it because we want to do it to bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. That we practice that well. And beloved, it's very interesting. Like this, well, watch this. Even practice in such a way that when it comes to giving, when it comes to our tithes, when it comes to our offerings, wouldn't it be amazing that when it comes to giving God what belongs to him, that people literally run to the aisles and just trip over each other trying to do what God told us to do. To practice those areas of obedience and those principles that are so prevalent in our lives, it begins with prayer. It begins with prayer, spending time with God. Oh, okay, very good. Principle, a principle-driven prayer life, practicing abiding in him. Now, there are numbers of people who have, they say prayers, but they do not have a prayer life, okay? Okay? There is a profound difference between saying prayers and having a prayer life. A lot of people say prayers like, I'm in trouble, God help me, ouch! That's an emergency prayer, okay? God, I did wrong, forgive me, I'm sorry, ouch! That's an emergency prayer. What we want to practice is to develop a prayer life. And where there is no prayer life, there is no life in you. In other words, you are disconnected from the continuous connection with God. You are disconnected from communing with him. You want to commune with him, spend time with him, spend time in his presence that his presence can spend time in your life. That's a prayer life. Not just saying prayers. Not just getting on your knees and rushing through a prayer, but actually abiding in him. That word abide means to remain or to stay or to dwell. To dwell in his presence in such a way that when God speaks to our hearts, we respond uh, to what he says. Go to John 15, and we'll lift up in John 15, uh, this uniqueness of abiding in him and the implications of that. In John 15, it says, I am the vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it would become more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain, the King James says, abide. Remain or abide in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Watch this. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man or woman, generically, remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers, such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Verse 7, 
Watch this now. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Verse 8, this is to my Father's glory. Watch this now. That you bear little bitty fruit. Help me some out. Little bitty fruit. How much fruit? Showing yourself to be my what? Disciples. Disciples. So abiding in him, spending time in him, being with him and abiding in him. A prayer life. If there is, if you have no prayer life, you really do not have a life. You really are not connecting with God, beloved. A Christian community on fire for who? The Lord God Almighty. Acts 2, 1 through 47. We won't dive into that as of yet. But that is the construct to which that comes out of. But to be a community, jot this down, community. A community is a collection of people. A community is a collection of people. A community is a collection of people. The, the Greek word is, is literally uh, koinonia. Uh, which means to have a common connection and common relationship. Corne, which means that we have all things in common. That's why it's called community. We have a common connection through Christ. A collection of people who come together with one purpose, and that is to glorify God. One purpose. Watch this now. One heart. Watch this now. And one intent, to do what God say do. Okay? That's a community. This church is an individualized community that has what is called common union as a community. And there are signs and there are things that are very prevalent that helps us to understand that we are in communion with one another. So then what then are some of those signs? I'm so glad you asked me that. Uh, your recorder, want to jot this down, okay? You ready? I want you to read. This goes to the recorder. In your group, you all are going to read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13, okay? And then I want you to extract for the recorder those things that makes us become community, the common connection in our community. Chapter 2, 1 through 13. And then I want you to leap all the way over to verse 42 through 47. So you have, first of all, 2, 1 through 13. And then 42 to 47. Take some time and read that. If you've read that, I want the leader to call you together, take out a piece of paper, and begin to record out those things 
that helps us to understand that we have a common unity or communion, okay? Any questions on the instructions? Acts 2, 1 through 13. Acts 2, 42 through 47. Begin now. Thank you. Give you one more minute, and then we'll get started and start putting it on the board, okay? I need a writer who would volunteer to be my writer. I had one husband that pointed his wife. Would you do it again for me, brother? Could you point again? She knows who it is? Okay, thank you so much for volunteering. I appreciate this so much. Here you go, dear. Thank you so much. You know, volunteers are wonderful. As you see, there's nothing like it. I mean, this is great. Your husband, know what he did? He was just doing all like this. Thank you so much. Well, if you kill him, we'll, Pastor, bring him back to life. I guarantee. Pastor can raise him up. He can. He can raise him up. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. He can raise him up. Is that too high for you? I can let it down a little bit lower. Is that good enough? Can you get that high? You sure? Okay. All right. You don't have a Michael Jordan leap like that. Okay. Very good. All right. Very good. All right. Let's begin with group. Uh, seven. Where's group seven? Raise your hand. Group seven. Okay, give us one item on your list that would be like your number one item to which is on your list. Would you do that for us? Okay, your number one item. Fellowship. Okay, number one. Fellowship. Okay. Oh, boy, you, you did it. All right, very good. And just put number one. Very good. All right, group number six. Give me your one. Group six, yes. They all received the Holy Spirit. Let's jot that down. Very good. For those mics, we can use mics, but we won't worry about that. Okay. Group number five. They all received the Holy Spirit. Mm. Very good, guys. Very good. Okay, group, group number five. They were devoted to teaching. Okay, devoted to teaching. Let's be more explicit. What kind of teaching were they devoted to? The apostles' teaching. Okay, let's put that, the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching. All right. Normally when we do these kind of workshops, we do them for about 20 to 25 hours. It's like taking us and dropping us uh, into a crock pot. You know those, those not the crock pot, but those pressure, pressure cookers? And you, you put the top on it, you know, Eunice, and you tie it down. And then when everybody leaves, the pot goes and the meat just fall off the bone. That's what we want for us. We want God to strip us down to the point that we stop running our business and do his business. That's what we want. We want to die to self so God can get his work done. Because, beloved, if we're in God's way, God cannot do what he needs to do. Okay? Thank you. 
All right, number, you got that? Four, number four. Celebrated communion. Very good, very good, guys. Number three, they all prayed together. Mm, mm, mm. Good gracious. Pastor, do we, could, could, could we stay here all night, Pastor? Pastor, could, could, you, could you just pass out some paper bull and just issue a decree that we can do that? Just, thank you, thank you. Pastor has issued some paper bull. It probably has more bull and paper in it, but that's okay. All right. All right, pray together. <laughs> dilly dilly. All right. Number, number six. Oh, group two, I'm sorry, group two. They sold their possessions and goods to care for one another. They sold their possessions and goods to care for one. Underline the word care, to care for one another, to care for one another, to care for one another, to care for one another. All right, that divine number one, number one. Okay, we, they what? They, they praise God together. Okay, they praise God together. Very good. Now let's, um, let's unpack some of this and we can take a few notes as we unpack this together. Thank you so much. You get all A's in my class. You perfect student. Now you keep that. We'll bring you back, okay? Very good. Now, jot this down. Let's get all seven of these first, okay? Let's get all these first and leave some space maybe in the back of your page, your notes or whatever. You have a little notebook you brought with you. You use that, however you want to take your notes. But you want to get all those and jot those down. Because what we're talking about, <clears throat> this is contextualized in the life of Cornerstone Baptist Church. This is for us. This is for our family, our church. And we want our church, we know we'll never be a perfect church. Because if we become a perfect church, I'm leaving because I, I know I mess it up, okay? But we're God's church. We're not, we're not the best church on this planet, and we're not the most awesomest church on this planet. But our dog can bite. Our dog can bite. Our dog just don't bark. Our dog bites, okay? We may be a chihuahua, but that's okay. But we want to be the best example of Christ of all the churches in this community. We want to be a lighthouse. Not to brag about our light, but to not let our light be put on a bushel, but to raise up our light that those who are walking in darkness can see the light of the Lamb of God in the life of God, despite our limitations, okay? So yeah, let's jot those down. When you get those, say amen. Amen. Very good. Let's get all seven of those. Leave some space for a little enunciation to expose some of these expressions here. Okay, I'm going to go head on while you're still doing this. Fellowship. You can jot this down. <clears throat> the word fellowship, we get the word communion. Communion. It's like when we take communion. Communion. You know, we take communion at our church. We take the, the blood and the body of Christ. Fellowship is like communion, communion, okay? And the word communion is a combination of two words. Jot down, common, common, 
And then the other one is union. Okay? What makes Cornerstone distinctively unique that draws us together to be with each other is that we have something common that holds us together. Okay? That causes us to stick together, to help each other out, to correct each other. Okay? To admonish each other. Okay? And to speak to each other the truth. Okay? To be able to demonstrate that to keep this common union, it is, it is something precious to God. Because the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit work collaboratively together. And as Christians, we are a demonstration of that trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That, that should be a community spirit about us. That it, it just ain't you. It ain't me. It ain't my church. It ain't your church. It's God's church. Okay? So if it's God's church, then we have a responsibility to help each other grow up, to mature to become people of integrity, people who have character and not be characters, okay? People who can stand out in such a way that people know when they pass by this church, people will be able to say, this church have a lot of fellows in the ship. And we don't want to leave the fellow wets out. I mean, that's not a sad ship without some women in the ship. It'd be about it. Brothers, I love you to death, but not that much, okay? I really do. But this church, when people pass by, they can see that there's something dynamically and distinctive difference about this church is that we're not fighting, we're not bickering, we're not arguing, and we're not hindering the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's sad to be in a church where people are at war against each other. You can feel it. I've been there. I've lost an eyebrow. I've lost hair when I did have hair. I've lost half a mustache. I lost body trembling through all that stuff. I went home in Meridian, Mississippi. My wife's mother saw me after we had built a facility like this, $3.5 million facility. A lot of stuff was going on, and there was not this, the depth of common union by two or three people in the church creating a lot of contention that impacted the whole church. And my wife's mother, she saw me. She said, Robert. I said, yes, Grandma. She said, Robert, what happened to your mustache, Robert? I said, um, well... She said, Robert, your eyebrow, you lost one of your eyebrows, Robert. Look like you done peeped in the hell. And you know something, beloved? When a church decides not to work together, you will not have common union. And the Bible tells us when we take community, take uh, communion, to examine ourselves, to, to think about what we're doing before we're doing it. Because if we do not, we are breathing judgment on ourselves. In other words, God, can you imagine taking communion 
and just fall dead right there. That happened in Acts of the Apostles, okay? But there's a different kind of death that can happen in us, and that's called the death of uselessness, okay? That our words mean nothing. We're not useful. God can't use us. People can't trust us. We can't, we, we don't have a relationship with people. We just come to church. I ain't going to talk to those folks, man. I don't like them. Well, why you come? You can't talk to anybody. We, we, this is a family, okay? Family. We're one body in Christ here. Together. We're not the best church in town, but we are God's church. And I'm a testimony to that, okay? Because I have been a benefactor of the relationships of the people that God has blessed me with being here, okay? Fellowship. All receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this is an area where Baptists fall off the wagon. Many Baptist churches are scared of the Holy Spirit. They don't want to even talk about the Holy Spirit. Talk about Jesus, but not the Holy Spirit, okay? There is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Okay, get that now. Jot it down. Infilling of the Holy Spirit. And then there is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Okay, watch this now. There is the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and then there is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's have some fun. Look at the person next to you and say, You're full of it. <laughs> now, don't ask them what they're full of. Okay, don't, don't do that. Okay, but there is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. The Holy Spirit comes in and indwells within us, okay? The Holy Spirit is living within us. He's living in us. That's the incarnation. He's living inside of us. Now watch this. To feed the, the Spirit of God within us, we've got to spend time with God in a prayer life. If we do not have a prayer life, then we are feeding the flesh. We're feeding gossip. We're feeding slander. We're feeding name calling. But when we are being indwelt by the Holy Spirit, he's living in us now, okay? But we want to be being infilled every day by the Spirit of God. Just fill us up. Like the woman at the well, I was seeking for things that could not satisfy. And then I heard my Savior speaking, draw from the well that never shall run dry. Fill my cup, Lord. Fill it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, what? Feed me, fill me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, and let it make me whole. Good, I can't get all that. I forgot some of that stuff. So we want to be so full, watch this now, that when people sit around us, we can splash on them. Okay? Splash on them. 
Now, there is a place that's called hell. Amen? And I love humor, okay? We want to splash so well that it splashes the boogeyman out of them. I won't use the other word, okay? Just out of them. I'll let you think about that, okay? All right. All right. Number three, devoted to the apostles' teaching. Now, it's very important to note their devotion. That's critical, okay? But being devoted, you can be devoted to the wrong things. But the devotion comes to the apostles' teachings. This word apostle means, in essence, A-P-P-O-S-T-E-L-L-O, you can drop one P, A-P-P-O-S-T-E-L-L-O, apostello, of the apostles, the word apo means from, this word stello means sent forth from God. So the apostles' teaching is the teaching that comes from God, Okay? That was, it, it, it's like, it's like, it's so fresh that when it comes to you, God sent the apostles to teach and to lay the foundation of the church. That's why we have preaching, okay? There is an apostolic element in the propagation of preaching. It cleans the house out. Okay, it tells bad people, you bad. It tells good people, you good. It tells bad people, you bad. You stay here long enough, you're going to get good. It tells good people, you good, but you don't want to get bad. Okay? It cleans up the place. And the fragrance of the presence of God envelops the house that people can experience the protection of God through the preaching and the teaching of the living word of God. And that's why it's critical that this element here is so critical to keep the church to be cleaned out. Okay? Because, beloved, we all get dirty. And we all, dark have attitudes. Father in heaven, blessed assurance. Now, I'm sure Cornerstone never had attitude before. Now, the church I came from, Mississippi, it was full of attitudes. Now, here I know we have no problem. Amen? Uh-huh, okay, all right. You'll get that when you get home. Okay, and the word teaching, I want you to jot this down. Watch this. Teaching means line upon line Precept upon precept, word upon word, okay? Just don't read the Bible, study the Bible, okay? Just don't bring the Bible to church with you, bring the Bible in your spirit, in your life, and let it dwell, let that word dwell within you. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, the light unto my pathway. That you have the word of God living within you. 
okay? The teaching, the teaching. Get this now. Come back to teaching again. You have, when it comes to the word, which is the teaching, the teaching, which is the word of God, teaching the word of God, You have the living word, which is Jesus. And then you have the written word, which is the Bible. Okay? The living word is the word made flesh and dwelling among us. The written word, which is the rhema, R-H-E-M-A, R-H-E-M-A, rhema, Ephesians 6, 17, and the sword of the spirit, that's the rhema, which is the written word, the word of God, the word of God, the Bible, and then the living word is the logos, the logos. So you have both the living word and you have the written word that's operative in your life, that's cleaning you out, that causes children to obey their parents, to honor their mother and their father, to not talk back to their parents, to make sure their attitude is right. That causes husbands to love their wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. That causes the wife to honor and respect her husband even though he ain't that smart. And I'm a living witness. Yes. It causes us to honor leadership, authority. It causes us to understand that we are God's people and we have those two elements operative in our life. We have the Bible, the Word of God, the rhema, which is called the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. When I was a kid, we used to, we used to say, uh, let me see, Bobby. We used to say, draw your sword. Y'all remember that? Draw your sword. They said, First Chronicles chapter, blah, 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 blah. You know, draw your sword. I, I got it. We call those Bible drills, sword drills. You know something? You ask people today, turn to second hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second hallelujah. Second hallelujah. Where's, where, where's second hallelujah? Okay. People don't know their Bibles. And if you don't know your Bible, you're missing a major component, Ephesians 6, 17, of the rhema, the written word of God. And then you're overlooking and taking for granted the living word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. And when John saw him, John the baptizer saw him. He says, this man, this is the living word of God. This is, the, this is Jesus Christ. I am not the Christ. That's the Christ. 
okay? And that's what we do, okay? All right? <clears throat> Celebrated com uh, communion. I think we sort of touched on that a little bit, on communion. And um, if we were to unpack that, I just call it common union. Common union. Or you can say this, the difference between um, uh, unity and uniformity. Uniformity means we all got to be the same. Unity is that we're the same in Christ. Okay? We're one in him. Okay? But beloved, none of these things would happen if we do not have a prayer life. If we're not spending time with God. How do you know how to live without spending time with him? How do you know how to make decisions if you're not spending time with him? How do you know how to deal with problems if you're not dealing, spending time with him? How do you know how to cook for your husband when he's hungry? He's not at McDonald's or Burger King. How do you know that? I met some brothers just hunting for food. When I was pastoring, they would come by my wife. I pastor, uh, <clears throat> my wife hadn't cooked in three weeks. Uh, your wife still got some of that chicken y'all cooked last week? I said, man, that chicken is dead, man. I've eaten that chicken. That chicken is gone. He said, but you, you, you think Sister Logan can cook, 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 me some chicken? I said, go get that. No. But, but I, I'll go catch the chicken and, and get it. I said, go bring that chicken over here. We're taking that chicken for you. There's something unique about that coming together. And you can tell when you come to a church, not a perfect church, there's a spirit of we're working together. We may not be doing all we need to do. We may not be doing it at the level we should be doing it. But thank God we're trying to do it. Can I get a witness tonight? Amen? Okay, got about five more. Oh, I'm over my time. Ooh. Okay. I'm going to have to stop right here. I was hoping that we can stay long enough to the light, to the sunlight start coming out. But uh, we'll stop here. I'll leave it right here. And we'll pick back up and uh, just look through your manual. Uh, of course, some of those blank spaces, you don't know what they are. And I've threatened Michael to not to let you know what they are and so forth and so on. So we just want you to look at that and we will judiciously walk through that step by step and we'll speed up different areas as God would have it, okay? All right, let's go before the Lord. Pastor is coming up and he's going to give us some instructions and we're going to take an offering and etc. Let's give God praise and thanksgiving. Amen. Come on, give God praise and thanksgiving. Come on. <clears throat> Thank you, Pastor. Keep it, Mr. Orson. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not used to being moved around here, so I've got to grab everything again. Um, I want to thank everybody for coming out tonight. I hope you'll make this week a priority. I think it's good for us as a people uh, to spend time together in the Word, to spend time together with one another. Um, you know, uh, I think a lot of times over folks will talk about how you can be a believer and not go to church. And, 
And, that, you know, I, I suppose that's certainly true, but, uh, you know, I, I eat a lot better when I go to, to McDonald's and, uh, or wherever it is. And uh, there's something about what happens together as a people as we spend time in God's Word together, uh, as we, um, you know, pray together, as we commune together, as we uh, do these things together. There's something significant that happens. And, uh, and so uh, as we come to a time... Uh, where we take up an offering, I, I want to end on the right note tonight, and I want to spe- place special emphasis here at the end of Acts 2 there in the verses that we read, and, and I want you to listen uh, to uh, this, how it comes to its conclusion in verse 46 and 47. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And I like the last line, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for such a wonderful folks, uh, such a wonderful group of folks who gather together regularly, study your word together, spend time in your presence together, who recognize that, um, that there's value in moments such as these, um, value in time spent not only in your presence but in each other's presence uh, as we seek to become the people uh, that you've called us to be. I like the active present verb uh, that is descriptive of the people here in Acts 2 that in together they were being saved. They weren't just saved, they were being saved. They were in that process of sanctification of daily growth, of becoming more and more conformed into the image of your precious Son. As I think on those words tonight, I think how far I've got yet to go. I think um, about the past, I think of where I've been, and I'm thankful of what you've redeemed me from. But I also think of Christ and how far I've got to go. And I think that's true of each and every person in this room and certainly true of every person this church tries to minister to on a weekly basis. And moments like these are given to us to strengthen one another, to cheer one another on to the finish line. This week, my prayer is that as we gather in these solemn moments that you would... uh, Bring us together in a spirit of unity and harmony, but most of all in a spirit of devotion and intentionality, because it matters not whether there's 500 here or whether there's 50. You're not restrained to save by many or by few. And so, Father, my prayer is that whoever may come, that we would be gathered together in a spirit of devotion and intentionality to being conformed into the image of Christ. And watch how it might impact our families, our workplaces, our schools, and our churches. We want you to do business with your people in this place 
every night. And may we not get lost in the uh, natural course of uh, orderliness. May we not get lost in that and stop to reflect and listen to your spirit as he speaks to us as comforter, guide, and friend. Move on the hearts of your people in this place. In Jesus' precious name, amen. We uh, will not collect an offering every night, but Sunday nights we always collect an offering, and so we uh, don't, not knowing who is here prepared to give and who's not, uh, we're going to follow our normal tradition and collect an offering uh, tonight. And uh, I'm going to ask if the men who are going to help me with that go ahead and would make their way forward. While they're doing that, I do want to again highlight a couple of announcements. Uh, obviously, we have the Spiritual Renewal Week. And my notes again say that it goes through Wednesday night because that's what Jason put on Facebook. And so I blame him. Um, but it's going to be through Thursday night. And uh, so uh, do your best to, to make that a priority. Also want to make a, a, um, an announcement about the men's conference. I saw several men taking these today. Appreciate that very much. Um, but uh, if you didn't grab one this morning, uh, we really do need to get an idea about how many of you are going to come. We never made this uh, event to be something for 500 people. If 500 people show up, that's great. But our purpose in it was to be intimate with our men and to uh, deal, with, deal with some spiritual matters. And, and uh, so, folks, I would encourage you uh, to, you know, make this a priority. Come and be a part of it. Even if you can only be a part of one evening or one morning, come be a part of it. Uh, I think you'll get a lot out of Dr. Noble and what he has to say as he brings God's word to us. <clears throat> and obviously, we look forward to welcoming the Jason Lovins Band. And they'll be with us the whole weekend. So, ladies, you won't get left out. You'll, you'll get plenty of opportunity to hang out with them as well. So, Anyway, but uh, we really do need to get some, some guys signed up and know who's coming so that we can make some preparations. There's some folks doing some things. And ladies, during the women's conference, normally what I say is, um, I say, uh, hey, uh, men, go and, and, and set priorities. Make sure that your, your, your wives have no reason not to come. Uh, ladies, you know, if your husband's not signed up, you, you sign him up, okay? Because uh, 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 he's used to you pushing him around anyway, so uh, let's just go ahead and do it one more time, all right? So, uh, ladies, uh, let's, let's make sure that there's no, no, no reason that uh, would hinder uh, these men from coming, and, uh, and young men as well, uh, we, men and boys, we want them all to come, and uh, it'll be a great blessing, okay? And then, uh, obviously, this morning, again, uh, all I'm going to say uh, with regard to our announcement this morning regarding our vision is that we need to embrace the whole vision, not just a portion. We need to embrace the whole vision, and we, that needs to be reflective in our giving uh, so that we can say yes as a church to all of the other things that we want to do, okay? So we need to embrace the entirety of the vision together, uh, and uh, I'm trusting that you'll do that, okay? Let's, uh, let's pray uh, one last time over this offering. They're going to collect it. Miss Jamie's going to sing, and when she's done, uh, I want you to give Miss Eunice Geyer a hug, and you'll be dismissed. Father, thank you so much for tonight and the opportunity you've given to us again to meet in this place. We pray over tonight's offering. We ask for your blessings upon it. May it be exactly what you want us to have. May you use it for your kingdom purposes in the life of this church and this community and across the globe. For the gospel's sake, that men and women may know who Christ is and his shed blood on the cross of Calvary on their behalf. In his precious name we pray. Amen. I once was lost in darkest night, yet thought I knew.
One announcement I've been asked to, to uh, remind you of is that tomorrow night, uh, Celebrate Recovery always does dinner at 6 o'clock, and they provide, we provide dinner for about 100 folks, uh, and uh, we work together as a church, but primarily uh, we have small groups that provide that dinner from time to time, but primarily it's provided by the people who attend, and, and we've got a great couple from the Warsaw area that come up and cook, or Lincoln area, I should say, that come up and cook every Monday night, and uh, they worked with us, and we worked with them to make all of this week kind of fit together. And they said, hey, you know, uh, let's just move dinner back to 5 o'clock, and um, we'll go ahead and prepare for an extra 100 people, um, which is a great burden on them. So let's go ahead and come and be a part of that. 5 o'clock tomorrow night, and uh, let's come eat and hang out with those folks. Get to see some folks that our church ministers to every week that we oftentimes don't get a chance to look at and, and say hello to. And, and so this would be a great opportunity not just to have dinner, but to hang out with these folks and let them know that we're thankful that um, that God's doing a great work in their life. So let's come do that tomorrow night at five o'clock, okay? Uh, Miss Eunice, stand right up here in the middle, if you would, and uh, and uh, come around one by one and give her a hug like she just joined the church, and uh, you'll be dismissed, all right? <laughs>